Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I'm going to do my best to make the most of our time to be productive because our guest is one of America's leading experts in psychology, in the psychology of productivity. So I know it sounds like, well, you're going to suck me into this 30-minute podcast, Alex, Now I can't focus on stuff, right? But no, not really. In my opinion, the more you learn how to change your mindset and, and learn the tools that we all use, the better off you'll be. And if you're an entrepreneur, as I know most of you are, our listeners are here, you're short on time and you're short on money. That's the case. We're going to give you some tools today. So Penny, without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Alex, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So just so you guys know, Penny is going to challenge the way you think and act strategically. She's going to help us learn how to implement some of these strategies that she talks about in her book, her podcast, and her all this time that she spent going around the world helping companies and leaders take control of their time. So be ready to strap on your thinking hat and be a student of this focusology that Penny's going to talk to us about. So Penny, tell us about yourself. How did you, how did you get into all of this? Well, I think like many of us do is we, uh, we have problems. <laughs> you know, we're not, uh, we're not inherently good at, uh, at managing ourselves, managing our time, especially the more that we have coming at us. So we have to we have to practice it. We have to look for what works for us. And, you know, I started uh, an IT business early on in my career. A bunch of people got together and said, hey, let's start this business. And I was like, yeah, this sounds awesome. And then they all quit. And then I was there by myself. And so I built this business from just myself to a multi-million dollar business. And I found pretty much every single way not to do things and <laughs> made a ton of mistakes along the way. And I feel it my duty to, um, to share some of those mistakes and challenges and to, to help others so that, you know, they can learn from, from other people's mistakes. I always, I'm sure you find this too, you know, you said you're a lifelong learner and you, you, you gain different stories and experiences and, and lessons from different people so that you can apply them in your own lives. Right. And it's, it's, it's so, so valuable. So, you know, that's sort of my, my beginning is, is through this IT company, all the lessons that I learned the hard way. And uh, I want to make sure people don't have to learn them the hard way. Right. You wrote the book, The Productivity Zone, Stop the Tug of War with Time. So let's get into that concept of time, okay. because I think it's something that everyone struggles with. You, you also have the TED Talk. So I'd love for you to get into some of the different ways that you outline in the TED Talk, things that people can do immediately. So entrepreneurs, busy, busy, short on time and money. What can they do to gain control of that time? Well, I think the first thing to realize, and I think we're not sure who said it, whether it's Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or whoever, but uh, that busy is the new stupid. I don't know. Have you heard that expression? I have. So you said- Yeah, and, we all, and we've all done it, right? We all try to look busy. Well, and that's the thing. It feels is, good. It, it does feel good because it releases dopamine, right? Because we're, we're getting stuff done, but we're not getting the right stuff done. And I think that's the key is to create some heightened awareness as to what it is that we're doing that's working and what isn't working. And why do we feel so busy all the time? It's because we're not really making the progress that, that we want and need to make. So, you know, in my book, I, I talk about the productivity zone and there's three different sections to the book, how we can get into the zone, because it would really suck if there was only one way, right? And then you, ah, I can't get it. But there's, there's actually 10 core drivers that help us to get into 
the productivity zone and stay away from those emotional traps that keep us mm. outside of the zone. That's what keeps us busy is those emotional traps of perfectionism, over-functioning, you know, over-analyzing or the procrastination on the other side, right? If we're not obsessing about it, then we've got complacency or, you know, or, or procrastination and under-functioning. And those usually happen from emotional pulls. So those, those 10 drivers come from three different areas. One, you already said it earlier, it's mindset. You have to shift your mindset first because it's the foundation of everything. Uh, because you can put into practice a great strategy, but it doesn't really matter if you're not in the mindset to execute and implement it. So, um, you know, Peter Drucker says culture eats strategy for breakfast every time. Well, culture is our personal mindset. It's our individual culture, right? And for the company, it's their company mindset. So it's a brilliant, brilliant statement. So mindset strategies, and those each have a set of components and then sustainability. So if we just keep it simple at that high level mindset, then strategies, then make it sustainable. Yeah. And that last one, making it sustainable is the tough one, right? Especially here we are at the beginning of 2022, everybody made their plans and then you got to shift gears because there's so much happening in our world. But I, I love what you talked about in a TED talk, Penny, when you said positive thinking produces positive results. That really identified with me. And I know it does with many of our listeners who share with me that when you like you said, the emotional side of things, when you go down this negative path, whether it's I turn on the financial news and they're saying, oh my God, inflation and the economy is crashing and Russia is going to war and it can suck you in. So what are some of the things that entrepreneurs can do to really protect themselves from all the negative noise that's happening in our world every day? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is to shut it out. You know, how do you start your day? Some people, they start their day immediately with uh, looking at their phone and checking email. Bad idea. You're starting reactive. Mm -hmm. So immediately your whole day is going to set that energy and that tone, which is being reactive. So you want to do the most important things, the things that give you the greatest impact. That's what you want to do first thing in the morning. And you want to build up positive energy, energy that, that you, know, you can build off of. The second thing that I don't do in the morning, see, these are my don't rituals. Um, and I think they do set us up and, and like you said, act as gatekeepers to protect our, our, our mindset and, uh, and protect our focus is don't watch the news. If you're a news person, that's fine. I'm not, I will not watch the news because it's all, it's all negative and pulls you into that vortex. So I'll get the news that I need and I don't have to be sort of sucked into it. But if you are a news person, save it for lunchtime. Don't do it in the morning because that is also going to fill you with you know, the world is, is collapsing. Nostradamus is calling the end of the world, the end of times, you know, whatever it is, save it for later is, you know, those are, those are two quick things that people can do immediately. Uh, and just drink, drink more water in the morning just to, to stay mm -hmm. hydrated. So simple little things like those can make a big difference. And so you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years in this productivity time and focus, you know, trying to get their focus into um, how they can grow and sustain all, all of the, the strategies that you have in the book. But what are some of the mistakes that you have seen? Because we just talked about your don'ts. But as far as like the mistakes that you have observed over the years, that if you were sitting with the first stage entrepreneur today, what would you tell them? Like, avoid this. Like, these are the mistakes that they're making. Well, one of the big things that I, I think the 
that I, I see from entrepreneurs, right, is we're looking to always build that pipeline and bring in more leads and make more sales, right? And I and absolutely that's important, but we kind of forget to do more with what we have. So that's also a, a mindset thing is, is where can we look for the low-hanging fruit first? Like really focus there. And because people, the reason that businesses are failing is because their focus is in the wrong place and they're running out of money because you know, someone says you need to be advertising on Facebook. Okay, I'm going to advertise on Facebook. Well, does that really meet your strategy? Is that really where your target market is? An example of doing more with, with what you have, uh, a couple of them I have. So for instance, I was working with somebody and they said, oh, they said we have to do ads and we're going to send ads to our website. I said, okay. So I looked to see what they were doing and they don't have any data capture on their website. So they're sending people to the website but they're not capitalizing off of it. So whatever money they're spending, they might as well just throw that in the trash can <laughs> because they're not in the right sequence of how they're looking at things. And the website wasn't really geared towards the target market that they were targeting the ad towards. So it, you know, sequence matters. It matters in what order you approach the, the different areas of your business. So a way to do more with what you have is to take a look at your current client base and really understand who's buying what and you know where you know how often are they buying and 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 understand the buying patterns so one of the customers that i was working with you know and ask yourself some important questions so i asked her she was break, barely breaking even every year and she ran a magazine and uh, it was she was working her tail off to get new business, new business, new business. So, and these are the advertisers, right? And so I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense that you're working so hard and you don't seem to be going anywhere, right? It's that whole uh, on, the, on, the, on the wheel, uh, the gerbil on the wheel type of thing. And so I asked her a couple of questions about her data to get clearer on what, what's going on with her clientele. And we found out that her attrition rate was 85%. Every year, 85% of the advertisers were leaving and then we took a look at where she's spending her time. I recommend that everybody does uh, a two-week time study to really understand at the category level, where are you spending your time? Category being, if you're doing sales, you know, you've got uh, the, the direct presentations that you might be doing. You've got social media and marketing. You've got some administration, right? You've got different categories. So understand what those top categories are. And where, what percentage of time do you need to spend in each of those categories in order to get the result that you have, right? And it depends on how your company is set up. If you're a solopreneur, if you've got, uh, you know, a, a couple people working for you, uh, where's the, where do you need to be spending your time? And that helps you identify what you need to delegate. Because when you, when you do the two-week study, you find out in comparison, hey, here's where I need to be spending my time. I need to be spending at least... 30, 40% on direct sales, most people find that they're spending like 10% on actual selling. And then they're like, oh, no wonder I'm not selling, right? So, but then you get really clear on what the gap is. And what, what we found when we did her time study, customer loyalty was zero. She spent zero time on customer loyalty. So of course, those people didn't feel cared for. That's the number one reason why people leave the companies that they're working with is they don't feel like they matter. It's just, you're just, they're just a cog, right? It's just a, a number. And so we just took like an hour and a half a week for her to focus on some efforts around customer loyalty that helped her to, uh, you know, tell them how they could optimize their ad, for instance, 
uh, on that platform so that they could get more out of their ad and so forth. And she could do a video and that could go out to all of them, right? So it could, doesn't have to be each individual person that she's touching. She can touch all of them. And by doing it by video, they feel like it's, it's personal and individual. And so we flip-flopped that, that number. So she was able to keep 85% of her customers year after year. And without doing much effort, right? She immediately went into the profit. So I, I highly recommend that people look to do more with what they have um, in their business. Well, that's really good advice. I, I love that idea of creating the time study. Uh, I would look at it like a diary. I've used it before and not just with business. Sometimes with anything that I'm doing in life, I, I swear that I'm doing that. Like you were talking about drinking water. I'd like to drink, you know, half a gallon bare minimum, but some days you get so busy. And then after a few days, I'll go, okay, you know what? I need to document this because I swear I'm drinking enough water, but maybe if I document it, then, then you come to the realization that, wait a minute, I'm actually not doing that. It's just in my head because we all would like to think that what, like you said, with the sales, she wasn't doing the sales. Right. That's very normal for many entrepreneurs who hate doing sales. Right. And, and to them doing sales might mean just like once or twice a week. Right. For sure. For sure. And, you know, just coming back to the water point as a little one of the gatekeepers that I talk about um, is is our environment and in our environment, how are we setting up our environment? Right. So let's talk about drinking water as one of those things in our environment that either is going to support us or not support us. If it's not there in our environment, we won't drink it. So, like, you know, we have to have things like uh, I have a container. And I have it on my desk and I know that I'm to drink two of these containers, right? And so, but if you don't have it on your desk, you won't drink it. It won't remind you. But if it's on your desk, it's accessible. You see it, then you go, oh, I'm thirsty. You take a drink, right? And, and because it's there in your environment, it supports you. And the same is true by looking around in your environment and seeing what's distracting you right? Are, do you have your notifications on really in this day and age, you don't know how to turn them off, like turn them off. You're just not that important. Turn them off when you're focused on the, those, those quality times when you're making phone calls, even when you're with your family, like have times when they're on and you're in sort of response mode to people and you're, you can block that time. You can say, this is the time that I'm going to get back to people that left me messages, that sent me emails, Block that reactive time, but also give yourself that focus time by putting it into airplane mode and not distracting yourself. So, and there's lots of other things in our environment that distract us, right? So do like a little distraction audit. And I have a great distraction quiz that people can take on my website if they want to check it out. Um, they can just go to distractionquiz.com and, and find out which distraction profile they have. But doing a little... Check in with their environment will go a long way to remove the th all the distractions that are there. Well, this leads me into my next question, which is per perfect segue. What you were just talking about the distractions, I tended to do this um, a, a lot more when I was, you know, early stage entrepreneur. The 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 lack of focus because I was overly excited about pursuing new ventures. So if I worked on this business or project for two, three years, and I saw it was growing, then I'd go and start a new one and a new one and a new one. And, and before you knew it, none of them were working because right. you're just not focusing on all the things that you need to focus in order to be successful. So I, that's a question that I often get from entrepreneurs, the ones who have that shiny object syndrome, like, how do you, how do you contain yourself from that 
innate desire to create new things and focus on what it is that you need to do? Well, it's different for different people. Some people, that's their personality type. And so I wouldn't say to stop doing it, but because if that's your nature, um, then maybe you need to get a team and surround yourself with people that allow you to focus on that piece of it and they execute other pieces of it, right? It depends on the the nature of your business, but uh, you definitely don't want to be starting many things at once. That's the recipe for, uh, you know, spreading yourself too thin. So you want to make sure you have a great team. Every entrepreneur comes to a point where they try to do too much. They take on too much themselves and it doesn't matter whether you start a new thing or you just have too much in the, in the same thing is you have to build a team that best supports you. So, and that has different skill sets, right? So um, is it really make sense? Well, one of the things I, I say is, is to really, my favorite thing to do also in the morning, by the way, one of my morning rituals is to delegate because it feels so good to get something off my plate, put it onto someone else's. And at the end of the day or the end of the week and the deliverables come in and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it feels really good. Uh, you guys should try it. <laughs> um, but I think the team is, is really the big thing. And, and there's a mindset piece there too, which is to let go. The hardest thing is when you start your own business is to let go of some of those responsibilities. I was a terrible micromanager and, uh, and had a really hard time letting go of control in my technology business. But uh, it was essential because the business, it was killing me. And the more that I micromanaged and tried to control things that I couldn't control, the more work I was doing, the more stress I was feeling. And so that went to the obsessive side of the productivity curve. And others were then moving to the complacency side right? The, empath- the, the apathetic side where the more I tried to control, the less ownership that they were going to uh, deliver. So, you know, really give people autonomy to bring their creative stuff and what they're good at and, and let them do that because it's probably not worth your time for you to do those things that you're just not good at, right? Like I try to create sometimes some graphics and stuff like that. I can do some half decent, but the truth is there's people who do it way better than me for way cheaper than what my time is worth. I'm much better focused on staying in my zone of genius and in my lane and giving it to someone so they can do it in their lane. Well, that makes sense. In, in, in terms of, um, I was listening to your Ted talk and you were talking about the energy of thought and there was an interesting, um, uh, book that you mentioned on there. And you were talking about stress and how, cause th- like for me with stress, obviously everybody has stress, but I never like to think of it as stress. And so it, it struck a chord with me because I feel that way. I don't, I don't call it stress and people around me say, but why don't you call that stress? And I'm like, because then, then that actually stresses me out to me. It's just a bump in the road and I got to keep moving forward. So talk to me about that because I often hear people talk about stress and that just me hearing that there's stress, it kind of elevates my level of like that negative vibe. Totally. The word itself like has that energy with it, right? That's why not only the energy of our thought, but the words that we use have tremendous energy. So recognize what words we're using because that means how we're feeling, right? So if we're talking about stress, then we feel stressed. And, and, that's, and that's just how we're, we're bringing it out. And some people don't realize it. So if you journal 
and you, and you go back and you look at the words and the energy and you circle the words that show the energy that you're experiencing right now, um, it's kind of eye-opening. So Kelly McGonigal wrote this book called The Upside of Stress, and she's got a, a number of, of great books, also talks about um, willpower uh, and how willpower is, right, exhaustible, and, and that's not, uh, a lot of people rely on willpower to create change, and that's not an effective change maker. But under the stress side, she talks about that we have the fight or flight response, which is the, the, the part that, um, you know, gets us all uh, into, like, it shuts down our logical mind. And just puts us into, uh, you know, that 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 fear mode. So it, we, it's where we get stuck. Is where we we aren't finding solutions because uh, we're we're afraid or stuck. And then there's the other response, which is the challenge response, which is what you're talking about. Is I don't have to get stressed about the situation. I can accept it for what it is and understand that I just need to step back a minute and and uh, and think about it and go huh, so how can I look at this? And one of the things, a, a tool that people can use, which I didn't realize that I was using this tool, but when I was taught it in some behavioral, uh, uh, you know, behavioral psychology classes that, that I was taking as part of the coaching, I realized, wow, I do this. And that's how I reframe things. That's how I stay away from stress when, when I'm able to stay away from stress. Not that I don't have any, um, I have kids, uh, and uh, but you know it's it's how we how we go about it. And I always ask myself, and we always, everyone in every instance that happens, we ask ourselves this question unconsciously, and it's what does this mean? We we ask that, and and then our thoughts process that. So the energy of the thought is created from the answer to that question. What does this mean? Someone cuts you off on on the road. What does that mean? Right. And so you may not realize it, and then when those curse words come out of your mouth. Um, you've given it a meaning that they've done something to you, right? That that was purposeful and that they are bad people. So I'm going to call them something bad, right? We don't realize it, but that happens in that split second. And uh, we could also be like, oh, they didn't realize that they had to get off this exit. So they quickly had to get in. That's happened to me too, right? So am I giving the person the benefit of the doubt or am I, you know, shooting them uh, with, with, with that simple action that we don't, we don't know what that means, but it, it's how we interpret it. And so that's the same in our business. That's the same in any bump in the road. And you obviously, you know, you have a different way of answering that. So the tool here is a, to be aware that we ask that question. And then the tool is how do we step back and we examine it and look at it from a different perspective. We say, to ourselves, what else could that mean? And what else could that mean? So we break that pattern of negativity and we give ourselves some perspectives to look at in the moment. When we, when we see that it's negative, we can feel it in our body. We know that it's negative. So if we can start just at first, just being aware of it and being aware of it faster and faster, then we can, you know, that, that question will come up in the moment. What meaning am I giving this? What else could this mean? What else could this mean? And then we start to say, well, it could mean this too. And then we we distance ourselves from the emotion, from that initial negative emotional response, and we allow ourselves to choose one that has more meaning for us and that would be more, what I call, more productive to get us into the productivity zone. What do you think about coaching in general for entrepreneurs? For me, it's played a, a very you know, key role in my last 20 years in doing business. I've had many 
coaches, mentors. I consider even the mentors my coaches. And then I've paid it back the same way. So it's played a huge role. And I, I'd love to get your take on that. It's huge. I think none of us are good at looking at ourselves uh, in the mirror. I mean, we get better at it, you know, the more you practice, but having someone who's objective, who's going to be truthful with you and, and point out your blind spots is essential. If for people who really consider themselves to be learners, like you said, you're a learner. So you, you seek that out. You, you want that. You probably surround yourself with those kinds of friends too, that, that are going to lovingly challenge you. And uh, I think that uh, that is how we, how we grow. And I, I think it's essential. And if you, any of the entrepreneurs who are listening, if they really want to take their life or their business to the next level, then working with the coaches uh, is, is, I don't want to say essential, but it is, it's a smart move. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's an easier and faster path to, to your growth. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's a success factor to be able to, to, help to get through those blind spots and everything. So I've always worked with a coach and sometimes I have more than one coach right now. I have a couple coaches for different things, right? Cause sometimes we have a coach, you know, I I'm working with a storytelling coach because I want to improve my storytelling. Uh, I'm working with a writing coach because uh, I'm writing my new book. So, you know, in different areas, it's, it's also, it's a shortcut to success. Why wouldn't we take it? I so agree with that. All right. So as we round out here, because we want to make sure people stay productive, I want to ask you a question about what tools or tool, maybe it's just one tool. It could be an app, could be something that you use, could be your planner. What's like one tool that can help you? Because you have the framework that you shared with us and we'll put your uh, the book and the TED Talk, all the things that you've created in the show notes. Because I, like I said, I, I looked at, at them all. And I know that you are just hitting everything that, that, um, you know, an entrepreneur wouldn't need to, to know if they want to improve, improve, increase their productivity, but talk to me like about a tool, because I know there's so many apps out there, whether it's even like the meditation apps, what's one tool that you would recommend for anyone that wants to improve their productivity? So, you know, I'm probably not the best app person to ask because uh, you said it earlier, I think we were offline is, you know, the best app and system is, is your head, is your brain. Yeah. I, I think we try too many apps uh, and we're constantly moving, got to have a new app, got it. And then we've got hundreds of apps on our phone that we don't use. So I'm not a big, I don't have a lot of apps that I use, but there's uh, a couple that I really appreciate and, and enjoy it. And they work for me because there are areas of weakness for me. So one of them is um, something called uh, text expander. And so what that allows me to do is put hashtags. So I do a lot of things that are repetitive. So if I'm going to put an offer for a gig, for instance, I'm doing it, you know, somebody's inquiry about an event, I can j just say hashtag offer. And my template for my offer will pop up with all the things that are included in my offer with my fees. And sometimes I have to remove a line or two, but it just immediately sure. comes up, right? So all of that, hashtag bio, my bio is right there. It sends it to people. So that's text expander. I love it. Saves me time. Grammarly is really important for me because uh, I uh, am not attention to detail. So I need to make sure that things are spelled properly because people it doesn't set a good impression when you have misspellings in your, uh, in your emails and in your texts. And what's great about these apps is they cross all, um, 
it works on the phone, it works on your computer, it works on your iPad. So you set up your standard items and you can use them uh, everywhere. I also use something uh, online. Sorry, I'm giving you three. I mean, because I think these are the most <laughs> for, for people. There's another one that I use, it's called Platstack. And it allows me to uh, group um, different, you know, how I might have a hundred tabs open at the same time and that's distracting. And then, you know, if I start the day and I'm starting with a hundred tabs open, like, you know, not good for my computer and not good for my brain. So Platstack allows me to, uh, to, to put all of those links that might be associated with a particular project or, um, or a particular client or whatever uh, in groups so that I could hit a button and it opens all of those tabs at once when I'm working on that project. And then I can close them all down and know, you know that they're there. So those are just a couple that, uh, that really work, work well for me and help me stay on top of things. Well, we appreciate that because there are so many tools out there. I mean, I only heard of one of the three that you mentioned, and I, I do use one like Platstack. It's called um, Pocket from uh, Firefox. Okay. Very similar, but uh, Grammarly I've used, but I had not used Text Expander. So again, so much technology, so many new startups out there, which is why I ask because we can always learn something new and then try um, try a product out that might make your life easier because, you know, I think it's back to one of the, one of your, your points in the, um, uh, in one of your podcast episodes, you were talking about time management being, is it a waste of your, your focus? Cause I think that that keyword time management, something that so many people focus on. And like you said, they go out and download 20, 30 apps thinking that that's going to get them to focus. And, and it's a little bit counter to, to what they're trying to accomplish. And so, but yeah, definitely using tools is a great thing, Penny. And I appreciate you being here today. And any, any parting thoughts before we close out today's episode? Um, one other tool came up that I wanted to share because automation for the entrepreneur is really key. Uh, you, can, you can save yourself a lot of, uh, a lot of hassle and, and save a lot of time with automation. So I use a tool called Zapier as well. Some people call it Zapier. So, and that helps to link different applications. So every time a blog is posted, it will automatically get posted to social media, for instance, without me having to do anything. So, you know, things like that. So I, I think it's just um, the, the key message that I would give is uh, slow down. I know that you're super busy and, you know, so stop being busy and start being productive, which means slow down, think about what you're doing, find the 20% that makes 80% of the difference. What are those tasks? that are the most impactful and do those first, focus on those and everything else will, uh, will get done or fall into place or you'll delegate. It'll make you more creative in what you do. And it's just, it's what I call 80-20 thinking. So uh, in every area of your life, just fall back and think about where's my 20%. Well, we're excited to continue to follow your work when the new book comes out. We'll make sure we share it with our, with our community. And thank you so much for being here today, Penny. Fantastic. Thanks for having me.